Mr. Collar is here. It's uh, 209. Shad Hartman with you on News Talk 830 WCCO. Matthew Collar will be co-hosting The Huddle this Sunday. Are you co-hosting with Dave Schwartz or are you co-hosting with uh, Pistol Pete Najarian? Uh, yeah, it's going to be the legend Najarian. And uh, you know what? You know, I, I know he's a big stock market guy. So yes. I'm very interested. Uh, I'm very interested to see what he thinks of the Vikings stock, because that was a question to Kwesi Adolfo Mensa the other day. Like if the Vikings were a stock, where would they be? And I think the stock market is too complicated for most of us, but maybe mm-hmm. the Jerry can help us out. Well, Pete also puts out these videos at like 4.30 in the morning, motivation, get going. Maybe you should Sunday in honor Pete, like about 4.30, it's still dark out. You're not on a beach like Pete is. You're just walking through your neighborhood, kind of do a motivational speech. <laughs> it's funny that Pete and I are both up at that time, but for different reasons. Like I, <laughs> don't, I don't sleep very well, so uh, I'm usually speaking of the choir. I completely fall fall asleep, and and he's like he's one of, but he's like one of those guys, like nonstop energy. He is. Now, are you coming in to the building for this? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'm I, I'm old school. I like to go thank to the studio, sit in front of a mic. Not all of us are soft and can stay in our house. Whoa, hold on a second. Hey, talking about you talking about Harrigan? I mean, I, I'm here in the nerve center today, caller. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Didn't know, didn't know. Call, I take it back. I'm right here, Harrigan, right here in front of you. Is this, you made it in three days this week, didn't yes. you? Yes. Good for you. Yes. We're all very proud of you. Yes, thank so you. So proud of Chad today. Thank you. Thank you. I come down here a lot to go to eat and do things. I'm I'm not at work. It's the office. You do a lot of stuff into your palatial mansion too, Collar. Don't you're you're not just going to some separate studios. You got that elaborate setup with that purple insider slush fund. Yeah, this is the uh, right. It's it's more of a um, like a castle, if you will, for purple insider. <laughs> it's it's more of a. More of a hub, like you've seen in the Nike building, right? Like in similar. Oregon? Yeah. It's very, very similar to that. Uh, let's start with the purple, take a break, and then let's talk about the games uh, this week. I've spotted – I haven't spotted as many mock drafts, I'm sure, as you have, but I went through three or four of them. I think all but one of the Vikings drafting cornerback. I feel like since you – when did you move here? 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there, right? 16. 16. 16. Yeah. 16. Is that a compliment, Dave, if I said to Matthew, it seems like he's been here 10 years, 11 years, but you're only almost five saying he's one of us. Yeah, he's almost one of us. Where it feels like every single year they need two more cornerbacks. Like, no matter what happens, no matter how many first run draft choices, no matter how many free agent picks, guess what? Guess what they need again? Two more cornerbacks. And by the way, they do. I mean, it's just the truth, even with all the picks. If you told me among the top one or two priorities, Matthew, a top cornerback is right near the top of the list again. Yeah, corners and guards are pretty much uh, this yes. seems like bugaboo. If, right. You know, there is there is a conversation to be had here about like talking about the needs, right? Like if we look at teams that are successful, teams that are you know going to the Super Bowl. Unless they have Patrick Mahomes, usually they have a quarterback on a rookie contract, right? Yep, right? And if you look at Philadelphia, they had a couple of years of mediocre play with Carson Wentz. They decided to take a big step back. They went 4-11-1. and 
and got a high draft pick. They used it on a wide receiver. They turned things over to Jalen Hurts. They moved Carson Wentz. When they drafted Jalen Hurts, everyone said, what? They have Carson Wentz. He was really good a couple of years ago, but he was also becoming very expensive with his contract situation. In a way, to me, calling any need other than quarterback for the Vikings is sort of missing the four or looking at the forest through the trees or missing it or whatever they're doing there. But you know what I mean? Like you're sort of missing the big picture. The big picture is five years, one playoff win with an expensive quarterback who's very good, but that's not the point. The game is not, is your quarterback pretty good? The game is winning as a complete football team. And you see Brock Purdy, rookie contract guy. You see Joe Burrow, who's amazing, but also on a rookie contract. Uh, you know, Jared Goff on a rookie contract took a team to the Super Bowl. Like this team has so many needs. They have so little capital. Like if there was ever a time to do this, to pick a quarterback to succeed Kirk Cousins, maybe after this year or maybe right away, but more likely after this year when his contract runs out, to me it makes a lot of sense right now. And particularly because this is a draft that's expected to have five to six first-round quarterbacks. It does not happen all the time, as you saw last year. I think the timing is very good for this, and I guarantee you draft analysts would be like, what? They need more defensive players, just like they said when the Seahawks took Russell Wilson or when Philadelphia took Jalen Hurts or when the Chiefs, who had gone 12-4, and traded up to take Patrick Mahomes. Everyone said, what? That's not the problem. It's not the quarterback. They need something else. But everything in the NFL is always the quarterback. So, yeah, yeah, they need a corner, I guess. But, like, that's sort of ignoring the, the real story here, right? Okay, so let, let's stay with this. You know the Wilfs, when they went out to hire the GM and the head coach, it was like, we think we still can win. We think Zimmer was the problem. And you know that behind the scenes, even with the loss to the Giants, they feel vindicated at 13-4. and four. If you then say this year – let's say Anthony Richardson somehow falls down where the Vikings could move up and they take him. And then you don't, uh, you don't extend Cousins. So Cousins plays this year. They go 7-10, and 10, but they've let go a number of these veteran players. And then next year you're going to turn it over to your second-year quarterback. Well, most likely, outside of these Mahomes and Marino, you're going to struggle that year also ownership, are they willing right now to be patient where if the GM and head coach say, look, we got every bit of juice we could out of that orange, but to truly get where we need to be, we need to more than just retool this team, more than just tinker. We got to say goodbye to Smith, Thielen, Cook, Kendricks, Hunter, Smith, maybe all of them potentially – See what we can do where the offense is still good, but then it's going to be at least another year after that. Covering this team, knowing the Wolves' feelings on this, do you think they're willing to make that astute step back? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's really hard to say because for years we thought that they were sort of absentee owners and then – they sort of emerged from the shadows and took the reins and then yeah. decided. And look, I think they are vindicated on last year. I, I think that if you could get to 13 wins and you could prove that some of the stuff was Zimmer, which I think that they mostly did, um, and they made some good moves in the offseason to get to that point. They turned around 
their offensive philosophy to modernize it and throw 65% of the time. Uh, the culture was much better. Like, they, they won in a lot of areas there. And when you win 13 games, you've got a chance. Now, of course, the defense was so bad that they didn't ultimately have a chance and the whole point differential thing and everything else. But they had a really, really good season. And I think they could say that they did the right thing for last year. However, there is no argument this year that you can even get back to as talented as you just were. If Patrick Peterson goes elsewhere, Delvin Tomlinson, like you're even losing the good players that you had on defense. Uh, and then you look at the fact that they have two draft picks in the top 100. Yeah. I mean, how could you expect those players to emerge? And last year, there are three you know, guys that they were really counting on for defensive players. Uh, they, they all got hurt. Caleb Evans had three concussions. Um, you know, Andrew Booth was out. Louis Seen was out. There's no guarantee that those guys can do anything next year or that mm-hmm. they'll even be 100% healthy uh, or that they'll emerge as, as quality players. But here's where, you know, I think that when you look at, you know, Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw, you would say, okay, you definitely cannot tank. You can't play Nick Mullins and win three games. Like, that would be a very bad outcome to waste a year of those guys' careers in doing that. But I don't think you have to look much farther than Philadelphia or even the Buffalo Bills as teams that were in the middle and moved on from quarterbacks had a one-year step back. So the Bills, they had Tyrod Taylor. They were a 500 team. They draft Josh Allen. They step back for basically one year. And then with Josh Allen, two years later, they're in the playoffs. They lose to the Texans. And then after that, they're Super Bowl contenders since. Now, I know there are bad outcomes that happen. There are draft picks that fail. You could say, oh, look at the Jets or whoever else. And that's absolutely true. There's nothing without risk. But this, you know what this is. And it's not getting better. Kirk is not getting younger. He's not getting cheaper. And your roster's not getting better. I mean, they tried everything they could over this five years. And he played as well as we ever could have expected him to play. But that contract is so restricting. And there is sort of the fact that we're not talking about a great athlete who can overcome issues at guard. I mean, we talked about that fourth and eight play, mm-hmm. but you know, some, some quarterbacks run away. Yeah, uh, but right. this quarterback can't, and you usually need that in the playoffs. So I think that you know, I, I don't know that they'll do it. I don't know they'll live in that reality because if you look at Seattle and Atlanta, they actually had to see it fall apart before they could really do, you know, do that and draft a quarterback and go a different direction. Um, and and you, I'm sure that Seattle probably will this year. Like a lot of teams, before they actually trade a Russell Wilson or Matt Ryan, they need to see it fail first, and that's probably what needs to happen here. But I think if they were really pragmatic and if their analytical GM can make his case to them, uh, maybe they can go in that direction. Let's pause here, and as we transition to the two championship games, we're going to talk San Francisco and the amazing Brock Purdy story, but what could happen if Brock Purdy wins and the 49ers win on Sunday or they lose and any implications tied to the Vikings with Kirk Cousins himself? Mr. Purple Insider, Matthew Collars, kind enough to join us. Purple Insider, even in the offseason, is a must if you're paying attention to this team. Very reasonably priced. Mailbag today. Stories, interviews, podcasts, great stuff. Matthew Collar runs it. Check it out right now during the pause. We continue with Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. So let's let's start with San Francisco going to Philly. For the second straight year, I, I love the way the 49ers play. Most of his playoffs, I kept saying San Francisco is going to go to the Super Bowl. Now I've kind of swung the other way. I just think it might be too tough for Purdy against that Philadelphia defense. But So let's talk about this. He's an amazing story. 
He's the last pick in the draft. He actually had a great career at Iowa State. And now all he does is win. And he's had moments in the first two playoff games where he wasn't that good. But guess what? When he needed to make plays, he did. If he leads him to a Super Bowl, I'm not saying he's Montana and Rice, but he does become a legend out there. Okay? So let's say they win. What do they do with Trey Lance? Okay? Who they gave away 19 draft number one draft choices for and has played about as much as I have in the NFL. Also... If they lose, okay, so let's say they lose and, I mean, let's not forget Garoppolo is still on the team but about to be a free agent. Purdy will have played, you know, these games and lose one game in Philly. Lance, you don't know you can count on. And then you still have the Kirk Cousins obsession with uh, Kyle Shanahan. What do you think is going to play out? How is this going to play out in San Francisco with their quarterbacks and is there any realistic scenario where Cousins is the starting quarterback for the 49ers and either the Vikings would get Lance, they would get draft choices? How feasible is that? Yeah, I, I don't think that that Cousins thing uh, would make any sense for them, in part because Jimmy Garoppolo is not super expensive this year, but a little. And uh, Trey Lance is not super expensive either, but a little. And so as they move on from both of those guys, they create a ton of cap space to make an unbelievable team even better around Brock Purdy. And I think what he's shown is that to be a good San Francisco 49ers quarterback, and, and maybe, uh, maybe Joe Montana haters from back in the day would argue this too, uh, that you need just to be able to understand how to operate it with the details from Kyle Shanahan. And if he pushes the right buttons, you're going to have a lot of success. Uh, but what I've seen from Brock Purdy is even a little bit more than that. Like, and I think that Iowa State fans would say this as well, is that he actually can make plays. Like, he can move around and he can throw I on agree. the run. He, yep. he is a little reckless at times, but I think that's actually what makes him a little better yes. than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, agree. Garoppolo can operate all the, st- all the crossing routes and the throws to open receivers, but Purdy can actually pull it down and make a play. And I think that they have to love what they've seen. I I don't think that this is, like, completely random. I think they found the guy who's the perfect fit. And what amazes me about him is how quickly he gets rid of the ball. I mean, a lot of these rookies, and we saw it with Kellen Mond, they drop back, they look around, they have no idea what's going on. They don't don't operate the offense. They don't get people lined up right. That usually comes with a lot of experience. You know, Brock Purdy came off the bench in a game and was just doing it. It was like, okay, this guy's kind of special in that way. Uh, so I think they should just stick with him and then add to the rest of the roster, improve the offensive line a little bit more. Um, I mean, they're going to have to sign, I think, uh, somebody you know big to a contract. Maybe it's Bosa. But, like, use that cap space to continue to improve the team. And, and as far as Trey Lance goes, I know Vikings fans are getting very excited about this idea of trading for yes. Trey Lance. Right. But I don't understand why San Francisco would do that. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, recent precedent with kind of bust quarterbacks who got moved, their teams always make sure that they're not eventually going to get beaten by that guy in the playoffs. Sam Darnold goes from the Jets to Carolina. Also, Baker Mayfield goes to Carolina in a trade. Normally, they are not trading within the conference. And I, and I think that, you know, the 49ers – should have respect for the Vikings organization to say, like, we don't want to set you up with a guy that we absolutely loved in the draft and then just happened to get overtaken by this guy who was a total surprise. Okay, let's go to the other game. I am a bit confused. I know uh, recuperative powers of certain individuals are just different. 
But as somebody's been paying attention to sports almost my entire life, you hear a high ankle sprain and players are out for weeks. You know, some people say, I'd rather have a small break of a bone than a high ankle sprain. And somehow Patrick Mahomes had a high ankle sprain, and it's like he's totally fine now. There's not a concern whatsoever. Fully practicing, doesn't appear to be limping. So that, I want you to react to that part. And then, I mean, Cincinnati, as you know, they've beat this amazing Chiefs organization, not once, not twice, but three times. And they have to be the more confident team going into Sunday. So just both those parts of the story, I mean, I this shapes up as just a fantastic football game. So right now, watch the two clear-cut best quarterbacks in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sort of reminds me of, like, Steve Young, Troy Aikman back in the day or Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. I yep. mean, like, what you are witnessing now, the the kids who are 12 years old right now who are watching this, like, this is to them what it was for me to watch, like, Favre and, and Young or whatever go at it. It's just really special. And uh, what Mahomes did last week, I think, was one of the greatest playoff performances I've ever seen for him to come back after getting that injury and lead them to a win. And, you know, I was looking up something with Mahomes because the thing about him that's really crazy is we know about all the wild throws. But it reminds me of Steph Curry, where Steph Curry's also a great passer. He's a great penetrator. He could do so many things. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best pocket quarterbacks in the league. And when he throws the ball under two and a half seconds, I was just looking this up, he has a quarterback rating of 112 when he gets rid of the ball quickly. So whether he's scrambling around or whether he's sitting in the pocket, he's one of the best. And you really saw that, that I'm sure we can expect some throws because he's not 100% that maybe are a little off. But even if Andy Reid dials up a game plan that just has him getting the ball out quickly, he's probably going to succeed. And that was really how Cincinnati beat Buffalo is that Buffalo always wants to go down the field with Josh Allen's arm, and Cincinnati said, great, we're going to blitz you, and we're going to force you to find those reads and get rid of the ball quickly. But that's something that Patrick Mahomes is just absolutely marvelous at. And that's why that's why he's the best, is because he could do anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think right. this is an extremely even matchup of just two teams that have greatness kind of all over the field, but especially a quarterback. I think Kansas City will win, but I could see it going either way. I mean, this is kind of the ultimate coin flip. Great stuff as always, sir. Enjoy the weekend. We'll uh, we'll, we'll not gonna, we're not going to talk next week since we get the off week, but then we'll talk the uh, the Friday before the Super Bowl. All right, sounds good. I'll be ready. All right, man. And Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. Again, check it out. Try it out. It's filled with good information. Okay, the decision by the kids on the North. St. Paul basketball team. Do you agree? Did they make the right decision? Let's discuss after traffic and weather on CCO.